Welcome to your home for all things trending in sports. McSorley, quarterback draw, open, 50, 45, far sideline, 40, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Trace McSorley, 51 yards, and the Nittany Lions for the first time today have the lead. From golf to NASCAR and everything in between, it's time for the Ben and Ben Show, live on Com Radio. The tap in for Tiger. We thought we'd never see it. And I don't believe he thought either. Tour championship winner, Tiger Woods, a winner again. And now for your co-hosts, Ben Jenkins and Ben Faree. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Ben and Ben Show. little change of street scenery for us here at Innovation Park in a different studio, not live on the air, coming to you through iTunes and the Apple Podcast app. Instead, my name is Ben Jenkins. And I am Ben Furry. And we are here to break down the best part of the college football season, bowl season. Uh, 39 games covering pretty much the month of December and, and part of January, um, starting December 15th, about halfway through, and, and going through the, the rest of the month into the first week of January. You guys know the deal. You're, you've been through this a few times. Um, yep, 39, 39 bowl games. We are here to pick and talk about all of them. And, and let me tell you what, this was a project that I don't think either of us realized how extreme this was going to be. Yeah, no, we said we were going to do this. We went into it um, very open arms. We were very excited. And then we got to page like 10 of our notes and we were only halfway through <laughs> all the bowl games. And I think we got a little less excited about this, but all of our notes are done. We are here. We are very excited to record this and do this. Every single bowl game, Fiesta Bowl, Alamo Bowl, all of them in this show so it should be an exciting one we are going to go quickly through most of them try to keep this show as reasonable as yeah. length as possible um and we're going to do the order that they take place in except for the college football playoff games if you want to hear about those you have to wait till the end yes we do not show prejudice or bias towards any bowl game we'll talk about them all um go right in order that's the best way to do it and what better way to start things off than on december 15th two o'clock on espn it's the New Mexico Bowl, the, the bowl that starts us off every single year. This one, of course, at Dream Style Stadium there in New Mexico. Utah State versus North Texas. The you Mean have, Green. Yeah, the Mean Green, of course. You have Utah State coming off of a, a really good year for them. They're 10-2, and two, um, but didn't get to play in that Mountain West Championship game. So definitely a, t- a tough way to end the year for them in the regular season. Um, playing against a 9-3 and three North Texas team who has surprised people this year. Um, but my question to you is, can Utah State finish the year strong anyway? I mean, I think they can. I think they got a favorable matchup here with North Texas as well. Um, and this Utah State team, they still have a lot to play for. 10-2 uh, season for them is really good. Anytime you get 10 wins, no matter what conference, where you play, that is always a really good season. A chance to go 11-2 and in this bowl game. They are a good team. And I think the Mountain West is one of those stronger conferences. You see Boise State, Fresno State, Utah State. They're all decent teams this year. So I think that they will come out in this in the right step there at Branch Field at Dream Style Stadium. I had to get that in there <laughs> somewhere while talking about this game. Yeah, and I agree with you. I do think Utah State will be okay, and I think it starts with their quarterback, Jordan Love. Um, this is a guy who's around 66% completion rate this year, 28 touchdowns, 5 interceptions. Um, this, this offense has been potent at times, um, and whenever it is, it certainly runs through Jordan Love, and I, I do expect that to continue 
here against this mean green defense. Yeah, and same thing for the mean green there. Quarterback Mason Fine, 3,734 passing yards this year. Almost hit that 4,000-yard mark, 27 touchdowns, and also five interceptions. So pretty similar stats there between these two quarterbacks. So expect an air raid in this game. Um, but, Ben, at the end of the day, who do you think gets it done? Well, I think it'll be fun to watch North Texas' quarterback Mason Fine because a 300-yard day, and he does go. Yes, 4,000. To 4,000 yards for the year, but... I, I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I have Utah State winning this one. 28-17. Pretty close. A good game, but 28-17, Utah State wins. I have Utah State a little bigger, 35-13. I think they pull away late. I think it's close for most of the game, but just that offense is too good towards the end of the game. Now, Ben, we'll go to our second bowl game, the Auto Nation Cure Bowl. We played in Orlando, also on December 15th at 2.30. That one's on CBS Sports Network. We're going to have the 6-6 six six Tulane Green Wave against the 7-6 Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns. And, Ben, there is no better bowl game as far as nicknames go than this one. No, I know you've been excited about this one since it came out. Um, you have this Tulane team ranks number 93 in the nation in scoring. Not great. That's, that's not, great. not good at all. Um, so you have the question here, will their defense be able to keep them into the game? Um, I think so. Um, this is one of the few games I think that we – don't agree on necessarily. I know going yeah. through this, there's a lot of games that we um, kind of feel the same way about. This one, not so much. Um, Tulane's running back, Darius Bradwell, 166 carries is all in this year, but almost 1,000 yards rushing, 984. He's two, two good runs away from going over 1,000 yards for the season and combine that with nine touchdowns. He's been one of their best offensive weapons for a Tulane team who, um, at 6-6, six and six, it hasn't been the greatest year ever, but really close to some some good wins um, in improving on that mark. I think Tulane's going to be just fine in this game. And I threw out similar stats in the first game. Well, UL Lafayette's running back, Trey Ragas, he's over 1,000 yards as well, 1,141 yards. Right at that 5.8 average, Tulane's running back 5.9 average, and eight mm -hmm. touchdowns right there. Very similar stats. So both these teams are going to want to run the ball, establish that run game early. Um, and for me personally, I think that Tulane's defense isn't going to be good enough to keep uh, UL Lafayette off the scoreboard. So I think the Raging Cajuns get this one 31-21. And I have a much closer game, um, but I have Tulane winning 34-31. Moving on, we will go to the Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl. This one, of course, in Las Vegas, Nevada, Sam Boyd Stadium. Third game of the day on December 15th. This one at 3.30 on ABC. We talked about this in the show on Thursday, the Ben and Ben Show, um, this is one of those matchups where you have a average Power 5 team in Arizona State at 7-5 and five versus a very good Group of 5 team in 21st-ranked Fresno State sitting at 11-2. and two. Ben, the line has Fresno State, Las Vegas has Fresno State as a 4.5-point favorite around time of recording this. Um, I'm really excited for this game. Yeah, I'm really excited for this game too, and that's actually unusual that the uh, group of five team is favored. Normally you see those power conference teams favored, um, but it's always interesting in all these bowl games. There's a couple throughout that have a power five versus a group five team to see which one will come out on top. Um, and, of course, you got the Herm Edwards-led Arizona State team, first year there. They're in a bowl game. Um, but for me, the player to watch in this one would be a Fresno State linebacker, Jeff Allison, over 100 tackles this season, and that defense has only allowed 13.5 points per game. Yeah, for me, um, looking at this game originally, you went group of five, so I went with Arizona State. Um, and my first pick was Nikhil Harry. Um, but, of course, he's not going to play in the game for Arizona State. 
So I took it back to their quarterback, Manny Wilkins. He's had an up-and-down year, um, 63% passer for the season, um, has over 400 yards rushing on the year. He's one of those kind of dual-threat guys, prefers to pass, but, but, but can take the ball, tuck it, and run. Um, without Nikhil Harry, though, he's going to have to find some new weapons because at the end of the day, Nikhil Harry was a large, large chunk of this Arizona State offense. So missing him, that's going to be tough for them. Um, but Manny Wilkins, if Arizona State has a chance to win this game, it rests on his shoulders. And I have Fresno State in this one, 20-10, low-scoring game. I just think at the end of the day, Arizona State, we've seen them struggle a few big games this year. Um, the Michigan State win, sticks out in my mind, was a very low-scoring defensive game. And mm-hmm. I don't think they're just going to have enough offensively, especially without Nikhil Harry, to beat this Fresno State team. Yeah, I agree with you. I also have Fresno State winning. I have it a little more high-scoring, 24-20, to 20, not much. Um, and certainly just a four-point game. Of course, like I said, Las Vegas has it four and a four and a half. So I think it's going to be close. Nikhil Harry not having him way too much for the Fighting Herms. And, um, yeah, Fresno State going to win this game. And moving on to the Raycom Media Camellia Bowl. That will be played in Montgomery, Alabama, yet again on December 15th, that one 530 on ESPN. And we have Eastern Michigan taking on Georgia Southern Eastern Michigan 7-5 and five there in the MAC. Georgia Southern 9-3 and three this season. And, Ben, the line is even on this one. Yeah. Um, Georgia Southern, if they win this game, would get to a 10-win season. That would be a program record for them. Do you think that they can get it done, get that 10th win program record? Well, I absolutely do, and I think it's, um, among other things, because they're riding momentum. Uh, they beat Georgia Southern. Or, sorry, Georgia Southern beat Georgia State. That's a lot their, of Georgias. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of small schools in Georgia. Um, but beat, they beat Georgia State. For only the second time ever last or the last time they played at the end of the season 35 to 14 so riding that wave of momentum in this game you said it nine and three they've had a really good year a chance to have the most historic year uh, since the program's been around um and they run the triple option which is a big part of this game and that's why my player to watch is georgia state's quarterback shy Wirtz. um they run the option he has 830 rushing yards on the year and 13 touchdowns, so this is a guy they don't throw the ball often, just like most triple option teams don't. Um, but when they are in a roll and they are moving, this offensive line and these running backs, and even the quarterback as a running back, uh, they can not only chew up some clock, but they can have really progressive and, and really strong drives as well. And so that's why I countered the triple option with Eastern Michigan's defensive line. Very important in this game, shutting down the triple option. They're going to have a month to prepare, and I think that always hurts triple option teams in this bowl game season is that they get to prepare for a month for this triple option. But we see Georgia Southern, they always play big schools tough. We've seen them go multiple times to big Power 5 teams. I remember Georgia, they played them really close a couple of years ago. Um, so this is a good team. I don't think Eastern Michigan has enough in it to get it done. I think Georgia Southern is the better team. They want that 10th win, the program record. Georgia Southern gets it gets it done 31-16. to 16. Yeah, I have Georgia Southern winning 24-10. to 10 and, and like you said, a month to prepare for the triple option, but so much of defending that is just doing your job and not dr- trying to do too much. Um, and that's tough, especially in a bowl game. These kids get excited for that. Eastern Michigan, not a powerhouse school by any means. Um, so a lot of these players, you know, they're not sure if they'll get back to another bowl game maybe in their time here or how long they'll have to wait. So trying to stay calm and only do your job but not do too much is going to be tough on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and so I'm going to say Georgia Southern 24-10. to They win. All right, now we'll move on to the R&L Carriers New Orleans Bowl played in the beautiful Superdome down there in New Orleans where we have 
Appalachian State, 10-2 and on the season against 8-5 and Middle Tennessee. And, Ben, it's another good season for Appalachian State. They only continue to get better since making their jump to Major Division One football. They once again won the Sun Belt. Um, now, Scott Satterfield is gone, um, and it was unclear if he will coach in this bowl game or not. How will that affect Appalachian State? Well, I think just from a mental aspect of things, not having Scott Satterfield will probably be big for them because um, I know I know we talked about this in, in, in some other situations with UCF and losing their quarterback, Mackenzie Milton, and they just don't have somebody to bring up and, and cover and do fine. I think it's the same thing here for App State with Scott Satterfield. Um, you think of a big program that loses their head coach. So say Urban Meyer leaves Ohio State and decides not to coach the Rose Bowl. Okay, they have somebody who can step in and do that. That's fine. App State, I don't know if they have somebody just waiting in the wings who's head coach in caliber who can just step in and, and coach this team for this game. So that's the biggest thing for me. Um, Talent-wise, App State, I think, is head and shoulders above Middle Tennessee. This App State team, um, and I've said it all year, could compete in the ACC. I firmly believe that, especially when Zach Thomas is healthy. Um, seems like he is. He missed a few games. Um, actually, in App State's loss earlier this year, to Georgia Southern, he went out with a with a injury um, on like the first play of the game, and they ended up losing that game. But 62% passer for the season, um, 18 touchdowns, four interceptions. He put on a show in Beaver Stadium when he played here in his very first college start. Everybody very impressed with him since then. Since he got hurt, he came back after the Coastal Carolina game on November 3rd. Seven touchdowns, no interceptions. So he looks fine. He's good to go. Yeah, he will be good to go on the other side. Middle Tennessee, they have a decent quarterback of their own in Brent Stockstill. Over 70% completion percentage this season, over 3,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, only eight interceptions. He's a big part of their offense, and he's going to have to have a career day in order for Middle Tennessee to pull the upset here over App State. But I just don't see it happening. I think App State is a very, very good team this season. I mean, we got to see them firsthand here at Beaver Stadium this year. I was very impressed with them. I think App State 35-23. Yeah. We're really close on this one. You have them winning by 12. I have App State winning by 14. Um, 28-14, I have the score. Um, this App State team doesn't really blow teams out very often. Um, since the beginning of the year, uh, they did They did quite a few times coming off of the Penn State loss. But, but lately, they've been a lot closer in the games. And so I think Middle Tennessee can strike a few times. But App State controls this one and wins it easily. Now we'll move on to the Cherubundi Boca Raton Bowl. That love, is, love that. Cherubundi. It is a great bowl name. One of the best every year. That one's played at Florida Atlantic Stadium down in Florida. That'll be December 18th. First one not on December 15th at 7 p.m. on ESPN. <clears throat> and we are going to have 10-3 and UAB taking on 8-5 and Northern Illinois. And, Ben, the real storyline here is that four years ago, UAB got rid of their football program. This is their second year back, and they won the Conference USA. Yeah, this is massive for them. Um, you know, I'm not sure how their coach doesn't win Coach of the Year. He didn't. Um, but just what an unreal job for this UAB team. These players, um, just, I, the recruiting process is such a long, a long time and a long thing that can you imagine, um, you know, you don't know where you're going to school and then a program just re-pops up. What about the players that, you know, couldn't play for them anymore because the program went away? This is such a cool story um, for that university as a whole. Um, just it's great, but you look on the other side, and there's another team in this game in Northern Illinois. Um, they won the MAC again, 30 to 29. They knocked off a really good Buffalo team doing it. So I mentioned it once before. A lot of momentum coming into this game. One for a great program, 
who's mm-hmm. almost new to college football again, and one for a team that at eight and five is coming off a conference championship. So a clash of momentum going to take place at FAU. Yeah, and this is a game that I haven't really heard anyone really talking about, but I'm definitely going to make sure to tune in this one. This is going to be a really good bowl game. Um, both these teams winning their conferences, that's not easy to do no matter what conference you play in. I don't yeah. care where it is, on what planet. If you win your conference, you are a good team. So this should be a very interesting matchup. And I think Northern Illinois' linebacker, Antonio Jones-Davis, is going to be really crucial in this game. Almost 120 tackles this season, one away. Got in the backfield for four sacks as well. This Northern Illinois defense will have to have a good game against the guy that you're about to talk about. Yeah, if if Northern Illinois stands a chance, they're going to have to stop UAB's running back Spencer Brown. This kid, 247 carries this year, had 250 uh, last year, so this guy's a workhorse. They use him a lot. Um, has 1,149 yards rushing and 16 touchdowns on the year. So UAB gets in the red zone. Look out for Spencer Brown. He's going to try to pound it in, um, but they don't even need that. They're going to use him all up and down the field. He's their go-to guy, and, and I think it pays off for, for UAB in a game that you know, we agree, and Las Vegas agrees, it's going to be close. Yeah, and I, as much as I do want to see UAB get that 11th win, I think Northern Illinois is just too much. I think Northern Illinois gets it done 23-16. A little more bowl experience there. A little more. It'll be better energy for them going to that game. Um, I almost think UAB might be a little too excited for this game. Yeah. might be too big of a moment. Um, but great things for that program. Nothing to take away from them. Yeah, and I, I mentioned that Las Vegas had it close. I guess I should really specify um, UAB is only a one-point favorite, one-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Um, I have UAB winning. Um, I love a good Cinderella story, and i got to go with it on this one. I have it 17-10, really close, really good game up until the end, low scoring. Um, I think UAB wins. Now we'll move on to the DXL Frisco Bowl played in Toyota Stadium in Frisco. Um, December 19th, 8 p.m., that one's on ESPN. We're going to have 8-4 and four Ohio taking on 7-5 and five San Diego State. Ohio is given the slight favorite in this one. And both teams are really run-first teams. Um, Ohio has forced 30 turnovers this season, and that is tied for first in the nation with Syracuse. Yeah, and we both went offense with our players to watch, and we both went with Ohio, so I think that kind of explains who we are picking to win this game. Um, For me, it starts with their quarterback, Nathan Rourke. 61% passing on the season, 2,225 yards to the air, 22 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. He's usually on. He's usually one of the players that this team can rely on. But when he's not, you know, they have a pretty good second option. They do in running back A.J. Olete. I think I nailed that name. I oh, hope I did. A 1,142 yards this season, 6.2 average. That is incredible. Every time you can get six yards, every time you touch the ball is really good. Also 12 touchdowns on the season, so good red zone threat there for this Ohio offense. So I think, they have, I think they're favored in this game. I think they'll get it done. Ohio 20. Four to twenty. Yeah, I agree. Ohio gets it, takes care of business. They get it done. Um, run first, like you said. So low scoring, fourteen ten is my final score. And now maybe one of the best bowl names that there is, the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl in Raymond James Stadium. Yeah, it's a great name. December twentieth, eight p.m. We have two decent teams playing it as well. South Florida seven and five on the season versus eight and four Marshall. And Ben Marshall's head coach, Doc Holliday, is 5-0 and in his bowl games his nine years. He has never lost a bowl game. I, I think that's probably going to continue here. Um, this Marshall program is a strong program um, from the hills in West Virginia. kind of stays out of the limelight. People don't really talk about Marshall all, all that often. Yeah. Um, but, no, this is a good program. This is a good coach, good team, 8-4, and four, not the year that they have every year. I know a few years ago they had 
an undefeated season on the line, may have won 10, 11 games, but 8-4, and four, a good season, not bad. Marshall, a two-and-a-half point favorite in this game. Um, I'm looking at their wide receiver, Tyree Brady. He's a senior. He's from Florida, so going to play his final ever collegiate football game at home in the, in the Sunshine State. He's the herd's leading wide receiver with 66 catches for 914 yards and nine touchdowns. So if this game is ever on the line, the ball's probably going to go to Brady. And I went on the other side with South Florida's quarterback, Blake Barnett, and he missed the two of the last three games due to an injury. Um, almost at 2,500 passing yards this season, 11 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. We were unsure if he's going to play. That would obviously be a huge blow to South Florida in this game if they cannot have their starting quarterback. At the end of the day, I think that's going to be a difference. Marshall wins this one. I kind of picked a big margin here, 23-6. to six. I think Marshall gets it done. Yeah, mine's a little bit closer, but still I have Marshall winning 24-13. to 13. Now we're moving on to the Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl down in the Bahamas. Always one of the greatest trips. I'm sure these two teams were really celebrating yeah. when they got picked for the Bahamas Bowl. Uh, December 21st, that one at 12.30 p.m. on ESPN. We have 7-5 and five Toledo versus 8-4 and four Florida International. And, Ben, Toledo's defense is not good. They have given up an average of 430 yards per game this season. Yeah, and I don't know how you win any games when you give up 430 yards. So the fact that they're 7-5 and five is certainly impressive. Um, but you said it. Excited to go to the Bahamas. Can you imagine if you were in Toledo, Ohio, and you found out in the late December you were going to go to the Bahamas to play a football game? Talk about a rush. That is awesome. I can only imagine that. Um, and I have Toledo running back Bryant Kobach as my player to watch. 139 carries, 875 yards, and 13 touchdowns. We've talked about a lot of running backs on this show. You know, this could be a big game for him as well, but something that I think of with these guys going to the Bahamas I don't know the average temperature in the Bahamas this time of year, but I do know that it's warmer than Toledo. And and these guys probably haven't played in conditions this warm since you know, September. Probably August? never. So so think about it. You know, there's going to be some conditioning that goes into this. And I know it's the end of the season. Everybody should be in good shape and all. But but playing in the heat is tough. And and this isn't a Florida heat. This is a Bahamas heat. Um, so it's probably really dry. That sort of thing. I don't really know. But but. This could be tough, something that could certainly favor Florida International. Yeah, and I went with Florida International's quarterback, James Morgan, um, 2000, over 2,500 yards on the season, um, 26 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. He is the guy on that offense for FIU and someone to watch out for in this game and someone that Toledo is definitely going to have to shut down. And I think that since he is so productive and this Toledo defense gives up so many yards, I think at the end of the day, this game is going to be a shootout, and I think that Florida International, you just have to give them the edge just because – I don't think that Toledo defense will be able to get the stops when they need it. FIU wins this one 45-30. We do not agree with Las Vegas. They have Toledo as a six-point favorite. I also have Florida International 35-31, a really close game, like you said. Shootout-type deal. Um, I have Florida International winning by four. But, Ben, this is the interesting thing about bowl season. You go from a bowl in the Bahamas, December 21st at 1230, to at 4 o'clock, a bowl in Boise State, at, in Boise, Idaho. You cannot go from a very bigger contrast from the Makers Wanted Bahamas Bowl to the famous Idaho Potato Bowl up there on the blue turf in, I'm sure, terrible conditions because they usually always are. You have Western Michigan and BYU, two teams that are used to the cold. Yeah, and we'll probably see a light white over the blue turf as there's normally snow in Boise this time of the year. But it was really a disappointing year for BYU, and I think they're rebounded from an even worse year the pre 
year before to get to six and six. But this is a team that they always want to have that eight, nine win seasons. Yeah. And that's something that BYU I always think of as an eight, nine win season. And obviously they went into Wisconsin and beat them earlier this year. And people saw that as a huge game. Didn't really turn out as a huge win as Wisconsin's season didn't plan out as everyone thought it was going to. Um, so I'm just curious to see how they're going to react in this bowl game. Yeah, and you also have the fact that BYU is coming off of a heartbreaking loss to their rival um, in Utah. Um, they were up, I think, 21-7 to at one point. Yeah, they in had that a game. controlling lead in that game. 20-7 to at halftime, something like that. Let Utah come back in in the Holy War and, and win that game. So yeah, that's tough for them, but they are big favorites here. Las Vegas has BYU a 12-and-a-half-point favorite, and I tend to agree with with Las Vegas. Now, my player to watch is, is from Western Michigan, and it's their quarterback, Caleb Ellaby. He's a 65% passer, only 917 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions, but he's only played in four games. They've had some injuries, so he's been okay in the four games that he's played in. Um, but again, I think that just serves the point that – that BYU is the much better team here. And I went with Western Michigan's running back as my player to watch Levante Blemini just because with all those injuries, like you said, new quarterback at the helm, he's been solid, 6.2 average yards per carry, six touchdowns on the season. But I do think BYU is the much better team. I think they get this one done 30-20. to 35-17 for me. Like you, you said I couldn't set it better myself. BYU much better. Now we'll go to the Birmingham Bowl down there in Alabama at Legion Field, December 22nd at noon on ESPN. We have 8-5 and five Memphis taking on 6-6 six and six Wake Forest, and we have another one of these games yep. where we have a Power 5 team at 6-6 six and six, and then a Group of 5 team that's 8-5. and five. And this Memphis team, they had a chance to beat UCF, had them on their toes, and on conference Saturday, I looked at my phone and I was like, oh my goodness, Memphis is going to be the team that beats UCF. They blew it. How do they come out in this game? Well, it's going to be tough. I mean, we just talked about it with BYU. You know, you're coming off of a heartbreaking loss, and, and it's going to be tough for them. But, but, you know, at the end of the day, you have to just um, lean on your players and, and lean on your senior, senior leaders and guys like that to get this team excited. And, you know, 8-5, and five, going against an ACC school, I mean, that's all the excitement you should need. Yeah. You're a favorite against an ACC program. Um, go out there and play. I think they will. I have Memphis's quarterback, Brady White, uh, 3,125 yards passing, 25 touchdowns, eight interceptions. We know the offense for this Memphis team. We know they are going to score their points. Um, so, so we both have offensive players. Yeah, and I have Memphis's receiver, the guy who White throws to in DeMonte Coxie, 66 catches a season, over 1,000 yards. The thing that really stands out to me with him is he has an average reception of 16 and a half yards. Big play threat there for Memphis, and I think Memphis gets this one done. I think their offense is just too much. They will keep scoring. They'll respond to that UCF loss well. Memphis 38-23. Yeah, and I, I do like Wake Forest. They're making some strides. Um, this is a team that I, you know you wouldn't think of being in bowl contention at all. They've gone to a couple bowl games now. 6-6, um, six and six, not a great year for them, but, but you know I do respect this Wake Forest team. I'm sure Memphis does as well, but at the end of the day, the, the firepower is just too much. I have Memphis winning. 41 to 28. Now we move on to the Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl, December 22nd, 3.30 p.m. on ESPN, where we're going to have Houston, 8-4 and four in the season, taking on Army, who still has a game left to play there, 9-2 right now. They will play Navy here on Saturday at the time of us recording on this. And Ben Houston defensive coordinator Mark D'Antonio fired, and then their D-tackle Ed Oliver opted to go to the NFL draft, which is not what you want to see when your team's going up against a very good triple option team in your bowl game. No, and this has been a 
a, a decent Houston defense. Um, that's a tough last thing to say there for that defensive coordinator. Um, but no, this has been this isn't a good situation for Houston. You have a player like Ed Oliver who is highly regarded as a top top five, top ten pick, definitely a first round pick. Um, going against a team where you need some really good really good defense. We we talked about it earlier. Um, anytime you're playing a triple option team, you need good sound defense and. I don't know if Houston's going to have that in this matchup. Yeah, I don't know so either, but my player to watch, well, I didn't pick a player at all. <laughs> I just picked a thing in the game. But the Army time of possession, they've averaged time of possession this season is 39 minutes, yeah. which is crazy. How do you score against the team and have a really good offensive game? How do you get in a rhythm offensively when your offense is only on the field for 20 minutes of the game? So I think that's something to watch out for, especially against Houston, a team that loves to score. Yeah, and, and you mentioned loves to score. I have one of their wide receivers, Marquez Stevenson, because you said it. They might not have a lot of time to score, so when they do, they are going to have to air it out, try to score as quickly as possible. So Stevenson, 67 catches on the air, 947 yards. A decent day gets him to that 1,000-yard receiving mark and has nine touchdowns. Um, The thing for Houston, though, that I need to make a point of when I talk about Marquez Stevenson is they need to have their quarterback healthy. Um, Eric King is their quarterback. He did not play versus Memphis, um, so not sure if he's going to play or not. If Houston stands any chance at all, they need the Eric King to play at quarterback. And I think Army ends up getting this one done 24-6. to I just don't know if that Houston defense will be able to stop this Army triple option, especially without their best defensive tackle in the game. Yeah, I agree. I have 21-10 Army wins. Just the time of possession is just too much to overcome. Now we'll move to the Dollar General Bowl in Ladd Peebles Stadium, a South Alabama stadium on December 22nd at 7 p.m. on ESPN. 9-3 Troy out of the Sun Belt taking on 10-3 Buffalo out of the MAC, And Buffalo is the slight favorite in this one. Um, and this is one of their best seasons in yeah. recent years. They are a very good Buffalo team. But, Ben, as we mentioned before with Northern Illinois, they lost the MAC championship game. How do they respond? Well, you know, at 10-3, and three, it's been a good season for Buffalo. Um, so whatever happens here, they just have to have to be proud of it. I do think this Buffalo team is going to beat Troy. Um, Troy's been the, the, the giant killer as of late, I believe, in, in FBS, um, you know, knocking off LSU a year ago. Uh, but this year they just haven't really had it. This hasn't been as good of a Troy team as we're used to seeing, 9-3. and three, Still impressive, but I think as the Sun Belt continues to grow and get better and you have teams like, like App State and, and Georgia uh, Southern who get better, um, this Troy team needs to pick it up to keep improving. That's why they find themselves in the Dollar General Bowl. Like I said, 9-3 is still a good year, but but I think Buffalo, behind their quarterback, Tyree Jackson, who is almost a 3,000-yard passer for the year, I think Buffalo is going to be just fine. Yeah, I have Troy's running back, B.J. Smith, as someone to watch in this game. Over 1,000 yards rushing, rushing this season on under 200 carries, 12 touchdowns, but I think Buffalo gets it done in a close one, 34-30. Yep, 31-28 for me. Now we'll move from Alabama all the way to the Big Island in the Hawaii Bowl in Aloha Stadium, which, Ben, I don't know if you know this, but Aloha Stadium is falling apart currently. <laughs> it is like rusting out. It is not the best place to play in the world right now. I didn't know if you knew that going into this, but it is. Not aware. You, you should look up pictures of Aloha Stadium currently. It is not in the best shape. That game, December 22nd at 10.30 p.m., where Hawaii, they won't have to leave their home, will take on Louisiana Tech. And, Ben, I know this one's a little sad for you. Yeah, it's not on Christmas Eve. This was one of my, you know, one of my favorite things about Christmas Eve. Um, you know, just kind of hanging out, 
watching some football, watching the Hawaii Bowl. Um, for years, it's been what's on been on on Christmas Eve. You know, um, just due to the days of the week and things like that. There's no college football on on Christmas Eve this year, um, so that's tough. But but my question for you is, you know, Hawaii started the year six and one, finished eight and five. That's not a great second half of the year at all. Earning an opportunity, congratulations to play at home in your bowl game. So how do they approach this? I mean, that has to be tough. Right? I mean, you're in Hawaii, so you can't be too sad. Um, I mean, obviously, Hawaii is a beautiful place and a place where a lot of these teams would love to go play their bowl game. But a lot of time we see in these bowl matchups that it's momentum. Who's the hotter team at that bowl game? And I think Louisiana Tech is the hotter team going to this matchup. It's going to be hard for Hawaii. They don't get to go to some trip. They don't get some experience. They're staying at home. So I think that's going to be interesting to see how they respond. And off of that, Louisiana Tech, their receiver, Adrian Hardy, um, I think he, he's a very big part of their offense, averages 15 yards per catch, um, has six touchdowns on the season. Look for him to get the ball throughout the game. Yeah, for me, I do like Hawaii in this game. I'm picking them to win. Um, and I think it starts with their, uh, their quarterback, Cole McDonald. This is a guy who, at the beginning of the year, I talked about kind of jokingly as, as somebody who should have been the Heisman frontrunner because his numbers were electric. Um, now we're here at the end of the regular season, only through for 59%. So not great in that category, but 3,790 yards passing. This guy can air the ball out, throws it all over the place, 35 touchdowns through the air to only eight interceptions. So you take away the 59% passing, you get Cole McDonald a little more accurate, and what a weapon through the air for this Hawaii quarterback. And all that I just said about Hawaii maybe not getting amped up as much for this game, I think they still get it done behind the arm of McDonald. Those are just incredible numbers. He's going to most likely be over 4,000 passing yards on the season. Hawaii 38-16, they get this one done. Yep, 24-21, I have it much closer than you. I think a field goal comes in to win this game. Um, 24-21, Hawaii wins. Move on to the Serve Pro, I'm sorry, First Responders Bowl. And that is played at the Cotton Bowl. On December 26th, the day after Christmas at 1.30 on ESPN, we have Boston College 7-5 and on the season, taking on 25th-ranked Boise State. Stayed in the rankings even after losing the Mountain West Championship game at 10-3 and on the season. And I just mentioned that Boise State did lose that Mountain West Championship game to Fresno State on the blue turf. Um, this is a good showdown, again, between ACC team and Boise State, who is one of those teams that we've seen could really be in a Power 5 conference ever since the Statue of Liberty play against Oklahoma many, many years ago now. Yeah, they have, and they're catching Boston College after a rough stretch here. Um, if you remember, not too long ago, you had College Game Day at Boston yes. College in, in up there in Boston, um, in the suburbs there, um, and then they just got beat down by Clemson. And from that point on, this has been a, a really tough end of the year for this Boston College team. Um, fell out of the rankings. They were in, I believe, the 20s, the, the high 20s when that game came around, um, maybe even the even – up into the, in the, into the teens, excuse me. Um, but no, it's been a tough end of the year. They've lost three in a row. Um, and now they're playing a Boise State team who, like you said, could very easily be in a Power 5 conference. And for player to watch this one, I went Boston College linebacker, Connor Strachan. It seems like Boston College always has these big physical middle linebackers. It seems like every year they have one. Um, he's their guy this year, 91 tackles in the season, 8 for a loss, and 3 sacks. He will be crucial in shutting down the guy that you are about to talk about. Yeah, Boise State's senior quarterback, Brett Ripian. I'm don't, not sure how to say that one. We'll go with Ripian. Um, he's a senior, so again, his last game for the Broncos. 
67% passer, another guy well over 3,000 yards, 3,705 yards passing on the season, 30 touchdowns, just seven interceptions. So Boise State, the second game in a row, we're talking about guys, quarterbacks that can really air the ball out. Boston College, at the end of the day, they've lost three games in a row coming into this one. It's going to go to four. Boise State wins 31-17. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Ben. Nothing else to say there. Boston College lost three in a row. Boise State gets this one 20-16. Now the Quick Lane Bowl will be played at Ford Field on December 26th at 5:15 later in the day after you watch the First Responder Bowl. We're going to have 7-5 and five Georgia Tech taking on a 6-6 six and six Minnesota team. And, Ben, Paul Johnson, it's his final game as the head coach. P.J. Fleck trying to win his first bowl at Minnesota. Um, two got two programs that are definitely going to win this game want to end a season that hasn't been great on a good note. Yeah, you have a Minnesota team who um, has struggled more than I think anybody could think of in these first couple seasons under P.J. Fleck. You said it, trying to win his first bowl at Minnesota. This is his first bowl appearance. They finished 5-7, and seven, I believe, last year, did not go to a bowl game. He's got a 1-2 and two career record in bowls, um, those three coming at Western Michigan. And then you have Paul Johnson on the other side who's retiring from the sport. Um, sad for me, and, and this is why I don't have a player to watch. I just have a side of the ball to watch. It's Georgia Tech's offense. Enjoy this game. Watch this game. Because this is probably, like, this isn't a 100% sure thing, but this is probably the final time you will see Georgia Tech running the triple option. Um, and it starts with Taquan Marshall, who is their quarterback. He leads your team in rushing with 196 carries for 896 yards and 11 touchdowns. That's pretty typical for a triple option offense. And Minnesota's coming off of a big win. They're coming off of taking the axe back from Wisconsin for the first time in a long time. Um, but the offense is is too much to to stop yeah and to piggyback off you're talking about the triple option i love the triple option huge fan of it sad anytime a school stops running it but minnesota ranks 76th in rush yards per game allowed this season they give up an average of 171 yards per game on the ground and at the end of the day that's too much georgia tech will take advantage of that georgia tech 28 17 in this one i have georgia tech winning as well 24 to 19 a little bit of a funky score that 19 number I can see a, uh, a safety and a mishap on the option coming in there somewhere. 24-19, Paul Johnson goes out with a win. Now we'll move on to the Cheez-It Bowl that will be played in Phoenix, also on December 26th at 9 p.m. And Ben, are you a fan of Cheez-Its? I do like Cheez-Its. I like Cheez-Its as well. We're not sponsored by Cheez-Its, but probably would gladly welcome the sponsorship Absolutely. from them. <laughs> uh, but we have 7-5 and five Cal versus 6-6 six and six TCU, and the spread is even on this one at the time of recording this. Um, and it's been a really bad year for TCU, especially their quarterback, Sean Robinson. But, Ben, do you think this is a game that they maybe they'd steal this one, turn a bad year into a good year? Maybe. This is a toss-up game for me. Um, I know Las Vegas feels that way. So do I. Really a toss-up game, and I struggled to pick this one um, just because I, I don't really know. I, I don't watch a lot of Cal football. I don't watch a lot of TCU football either, especially this year at 6-6. Six and six. Um when I, when I first looked at this, I thought, okay, TCU will win. It's TCU versus Cal, but I just I don't know. This TCU team has struggled. Um, if Cal can take advantage of some things and, and play a really strong game, I think they have a chance. Um, my player to watch is from TCU. It's their wide receiver, Jalen Jalen Ragor. 72 catches, over 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns. Um, and the reason I picked him is just because he leads the TCU team 
in receiving yards. The second best receiving yards player on this TCU team has 600 yards less. 600 yards less. There is a huge gap between Jalen Ragor and the rest of this TCU offensive team. And that is just incredible, first of all. But I went with the guy who's throwing him the ball in TCU quarterback Sean Robinson, who has not had a great season. We'll see in this game. He has a month to prepare, a month to get more comfortable. We'll see how he plays. And TCU will need him to have a good game in order for him to win. And I think he does have a good game. And I think Jalen Rager breaks off for some amazing plays, and TCU gets this one done. For these next few games here, um, I'll pick this one first. Sorry. Um, I think Cal wins 24-13. The Big 12 defense in TCU won't be able to stop Cal. I think that they will advance to the win. But for these next few games, Ben, um, let's tr- let's go a little lightning round here. Let's let's uh, preview the game. And just make a pick. We'll we'll skip through uh, the players here. Try and cut this one down a little bit. I know it's a pretty dense show. So let's start with the Walk-Ons Independence Bowl in Shreveport, Louisiana. That one's on December 27th. Temple versus Duke, a, a game that on paper does not look interesting at all. No, it doesn't really look interesting, really, at all to us, even when we were, uh, took notes on this one and looked at it. Temple finished year 8-2. and two. Duke went 3-5 and five to end the season. After they started 4-0, great year for them to start. I think Temple wins this one really big, 31-3. to three. I think Temple's the much better team here. Yeah, last time Duke played, they got beat by Wake Forest 59-7. to seven. We've already talked about that Wake Forest team. Um, they are not coming back from that loss. It, I'm sorry. Temple wins 28-17. to 17. Now we have the New Era Pinstripe Bowl. The U versus Wisconsin. And it's not the Orange Bowl, it's the no. Pinstripe Bowl. <laughs> um, December 27th, 5-15 on ESPN. Two power programs with disappointing seasons. Ben, who will get up the most for this game? Well, Miami has one of the best defenses in the country. And I know they're at 7-5, and five, all that sort of thing. Um, you compare that, one of the best defenses in the country, statistically, compared to a Wisconsin offense that we saw firsthand has been embarrassingly bad. This has been a terrible, terrible, terrible Wisconsin offense. You combine those things, even though Miami is playing in a really cold New York City, which I love, I think that's fantastic, um, It's their defense is good enough to keep this game really low scoring, give their offense an opportunity to score. I have Miami 14-10. to 10. So I think Wisconsin gets this one done. One, because of that cold weather factor. And also because I think Jonathan Taylor, with that big offensive line in front of him, I think Wisconsin's better equipped for a game in New York City in in the end of December. So I think Wisconsin gets it done 17-13. Now we'll go to the Academy Sports and Outdoors Texas Bowl. That will be played in NRG Stadium, the Houston Texans Stadium, December 29th at 9 p.m. Baylor 6-6, Vanderbilt 6-6. Baylor did a good job rebounding this season, but I think Vanderbilt gets this this one done 33-30. Yeah, um, the one point I want to make about this game, um, Vanderbilt's tight end, Turner Cockrell, uh, passed away last Thursday. So that would have been, we're recording this show on the 7th of December, so a week prior to that on Thursday, um, he lost his battle with cancer, uh, 21 years old. So thinking about everybody at Vanderbilt, um, I think because, not only because of that, but I think this Vanderbilt team plays for Turner Cockrell in this bowl game. And I do think Vanderbilt comes away with a win, 28-14. Now the Franklin American Mortgage, Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl. Whew, that one's a mouthful. In Nashville, Tennessee, December 28th, 1.30 p.m. We have Purdue 6-6, six and six, Auburn 7-5. And, and if you told me at the beginning of the year that Purdue and Auburn would be meeting in this bowl, I probably would have told you you were crazy. 
Um, but here they are. And Ben, can Purdue keep this hot season going? I think so. Um, one of my main reasons for, for picking this game the way I did, um, and it's kind of silly, but last year I said Purdue would get murdered by Arizona in the bowl game, and it was the complete opposite. Purdue came out and, and just took it to the Arizona Wildcats. Um, this Auburn team is okay. Another bad year for them. Um, there's been some hot seat rumors and things with, with Gus Malzahn and, and such down there. Um, so I do like Purdue in this game 31-21. to 21. Purdue does not let me down in bowl games. I think Auburn gets this one done. Uh, 23-13, I think Auburn just these Big Ten SEC matchups. I always pick SEC, it seems. So anyway, we'll go down to the Camping World Bowl in Camping World Stadium. I believe there's three bowl three games. games being played at Camping World Stadium, which yep. is incredible. Shout out to the staff at Camping <laughs> World Stadium for all the work that they're going to put in during this bowl season. And this one, Ben, we have a top 20 matchup. We'll take a little more time on this one. Number 20 ranked Syracuse, 9-3 on the season, taking on 16th West Virginia at 8-3 on the season. And neither one of these teams plays defense. So, well, they put 11 players out on the field, but they don't play defense. So who, which offense is more potent and which offense can get it done is going to be the question in this game. Well, I like West Virginia. Um, I've liked them all season long. I think Will Greer is a fantastic quarterback. Um, I want to look at the guy he'll be throwing against, though. Um, Syracuse quarterback Eric Dungy. He's wrapping up his Syracuse career, and a career that has seen a very interesting turn. You, you go from really struggling Syracuse to a team that's going to finish the year, finish the regular season in the top 20 of the college football playoff poll. What a fantastic way for him to go out with this team. 60% um, passer on the year. He tends to find a way to win. Um, even when the stats don't necessarily say that Syracuse is a favorite, he finds a way to get them through 9-3. and three. Of course, everybody will remember the Notre Dame game when Syracuse kind of sputtered and, and did not even compete in that game. But, of course, Eric Dungy, hurt, did not play for a lot of that game, um, came back, was okay versus Boston College. I'm sure he's going to play. Um, but I think West Virginia 49-42. Yeah, I'll talk about Will Greer for a little bit. His, his last game there at the, with the Mountaineers in West Virginia – Almost 4,000 passing yards in the season. He will probably get there during this game. Um, 37 touchdowns, only eight interceptions. And for a while there, it looked like West Virginia might be a team that could possibly get in the college football playoff at points throughout this season. Um, stumbled a little bit down the stretch in the Big 12. Um, I think West Virginia does get this one done, though. An absolute shootout, though. This game will probably take like 20 hours because of the <laughs> amount of scoring that's going on. I think West Virginia gets it done 55-38. to 38. Now we'll head on to the Valermo Alamo Bowl course played in the Alamo Dome um, December 28th 9 p.m. on ESPN and this is a really interesting matchup this year 13 Washington State 10 and 2 on the season 24th ranked Iowa State at 8 and 4 and Ben it always seems like the Alamo Bowl is a excellent game yeah yeah it it usually is this is a game that whoever picks these teams loves offense and loves fireworks because you always have a pair of the best offenses and in, in really high scoring teams in this game um Washington State really fits that bill. Um, Gardner Minshew, I have Gardner Mustache Minshew. He's he's kind of taken over uh, the Washington State fan base. He's done a lot for them. A seventy percent passer, but I have this I have this stat right here, bold italics underlined and highlighted. Four thousand four hundred and seventy-seven passing yards this year. Four thousand four hundred and seventy-seven. This. He throws the ball wherever he wants, 36 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. The reason they didn't go to the Pac-12 championship game was the weather being bad where he couldn't air the ball out. This game's indoors. He doesn't have to worry about weather. He's going to throw the ball everywhere. 
it is going to be indoors and he will be rolling. But Iowa State's quarterback, Brock Purdy, he took over midway through the season. And since then, Cyclones have been 6-1. and one. So they're on a hot streak going into this game. Um, I think this game is going to be a thrilling game. You can't miss it. December 28th, 9 p.m., turn on ESPN. I think Washington State, though, the fighting Mike Leaches get it done 40-38 to 38 in an absolute thriller. Yeah, we, we absolutely agree. Thriller, fantastic game. I have Washington State winning. I have this game going to overtime. That's how excited I am for it. 38-35 in overtime. I have Washington State winning. Cannot miss this ballgame. And, Ben, now we have our first real massive bowl game of the show, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Absolutely beautiful stadium down there in Atlanta. December 29th at noon, weird time to play yep. this game. Um, number 10, Florida, 9-3, taking on number 7, Michigan, at 10-2 and two on the season. And I think what everyone's wondering in this game is how does Michigan respond to the absolute beatdown that, that by Ohio State? Well, I think they respond well, and I think it's mostly because of the opponent they're playing. Um, you say what you want about Florida, but in my eyes, this is not a top-10 team. Um, I think the, the only reason they're there is because um, it's just that kind of year in college football where there's a lot of teams sitting around that 9-3 and three mark. You have the Floridas of the world, the LSUs, Penn State. There's so many schools in this category that, you know, it's they, it's almost like they just picked one, or the one that lost the earliest, and that's Florida. But Michigan matches up really well, really well against them. I think a lot of teams would. Um, that's why I know a lot of people hoping Penn State would have gotten in this bowl game because I think these teams match up very well against this Florida school. Um, Shea Patterson is, is my guy, and, and like I said here, Penn State knows Shea Patterson very well. Um, 65% passer for the year, 2,300 yards, 21 touchdowns, only five interceptions. He takes care of the ball, and that's the important thing for Michigan is Shea Patterson takes care of the ball. They have a really good defense, and so when he's holding on the ball, it doesn't force turnovers, and you have the defense to back you up. That's a winning formula for the Michigan Wolverines. Speaking of the Michigan defense, we have linebacker Devin Bush, who is the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, 79 tackles, five sacks in the season, just the leader of this really, really strong Michigan defense. And I think at the end of the day, that this Michigan defense propels them to a win in this game. I think it'll be a low-scoring, scrappy, tough game. But I think Michigan does get it done 16-7. to Yeah, I agree. I have the final score 24-14. to um, The game is just close enough to keep it interesting. But I don't think Michigan is ever threatened by Florida. Um, they win it by a 10-point margin, 24-14. No problems for the Wolverines. Then going on at the same time, in case you get bored of the Peach Bowl, you can turn to the Belk Bowl, which will be at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. Um, same time, this one's on ABC, though, where 7-5 and five Virginia will be taking on 7-5 and five South Carolina. Ben, we'll go through this one quickly, but I have written down here, the Belk Bowl Twitter is a must-follow on Twitter. They've been very entertaining over the past couple days. Will this game live up to that? Well, I, Twitter might be more interesting than this game. Um, there's not many bowl games that I don't really – I wouldn't be upset if I didn't get to catch. Um, this is one of those, Virginia and South Carolina. Not much appeal in this game for me. Um, I have South Carolina winning a low-scoring game, um, probably not a very interesting game, 21-10. Uh, to 10. Yeah, I think South Carolina wins this one 27 to. 17. Now we have the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl, which will be played out in Arizona on December 28th at 1.15 p.m., where we have Arkansas State going up against Nevada. Um, and this is the first bowl game for Nevada in three years. Can they win the f eight games for the first time since 2010, Ben? I don't think so. Um, 
I think it's going to be a really close game. I have this one even closer than some of the overtime games and things that we've talked about earlier. Um, my player to watch is Arkansas State's quarterback, Justice Hansen. 83 touchdowns um, is a career school record. That's his um, career record, not for the year. That would be a wild year. Um, he's second in the record books in total offense, pass completions, and passing yards. So this is a once-in-a-generation type quarterback for, for Arkansas State. Um, I think he has another good game here. This is a very close game between Nevada. I have Arkansas State winning 20-19. to 19. I think Nevada does end up getting this one done. I think they win a little bigger margin, 33-17. Maybe I just don't respect the Sun Belt. I don't know. <laughs> now we'll move on to the Red Box Bowl. Um, don't write out a movie and watch this bowl game. It's a little interesting that a movie company is sponsoring a bowl game here. But anyway, it's in Levi Stadium, a beautiful stadium, uh, December 31st, 3 p.m. on Fox, where Michigan State... Seven and five on the season will take on eight and four Oregon, and Ben, you have it written down here that this is bad seasons for two really solid programs. Yeah, it's you know Oregon had their opportunities. Um, the one that comes to mind is that early season sh- showdown between them and Stanford. Um, when Stanford was a top ten team, it's hard to believe that we were there a few months ago. Um, and then this Michigan State team came into Beaver Stadium, beat Penn State, thought they had everything going for them injuries hit this Michigan State team since then it's been a very downhill slope um, this team lucky to finish at seven and five um, probably should have been six and six but we'll save that one for another day um, this just is one of those games where it's almost fitting Levi Stadium is known for being empty and and you have Michigan State and Oregon playing in this game both coming off of bad years um, probably playing in front of a lot of empty seats just in a really bad spot the stadium um, I have Oregon winning. It's a West Coast game. Oregon doesn't have to go as far. Um, I think Justin Herbert is might be the best player on the field for these for both of these teams combined. Um, him getting ready to go to the NFL draft. So I have Oregon winning 24-6. Yeah, ben, you said it all. I think Oregon, better team here, gets it done 31-13. I think that Ducks offense gets it rolling. Now we go to the Military Bowl presented by Northrop Gum- Grumman. Oh, my goodness. The, the, the <laughs> names just keep getting longer as the show goes, I think. Um, this will be played in Annapolis. We're going to have 10-2 and two Cincinnati against 6-6 six and six, six and six Virginia Tech. And, Ben, quickly, who do you think gets the victory in this one? I'm going to go with Cincinnati. 10-2, and two, a really good year for them. Uh, Virginia Tech, another one of those ACC schools that has really struggled in a very down year for the ACC. Um, put another check in the group of five column because I think Cincinnati knocks off Virginia Tech 28-10, to 10, it's not even close. I completely agree with you, Ben. I think I, normally you don't see this happening where you pick all these group of five teams, but I think just this this year the matchups are really favorable for these group of five teams. I think Cincinnati gets it done 32-14. Now we'll move to the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. So we played in Memphis on New Year's Eve at 3.45 p.m. where 23rd-ranked Missouri at 8-4 and four will take on 6-6 six and six Oklahoma State. And, Ben, which Oklahoma State team will show up in this one? Because they beat Texas and West Virginia – Lost by one to Oklahoma, and they also got blown out by Texas Tech and Kansas. I'm not sure which team shows up for Oklahoma State, but I don't think it'll be enough to beat Missouri anyway. Um, this this Missouri Tigers team coming into it as as of late, um, been quiet all year long, sitting at eight and four, ranked. Um, it's been a decent season for Missouri, some a building block season definitely, and I think they cap it off with their ninth win, 31 to 20 over Oklahoma State. Yeah, I agree with you once again, Ben. We've Really been agreeing these last couple of games. I don't know if that's good or bad. Probably bad. Um, but I think Missouri gets this one done 45-27. to 27. 
Now we'll move on to the San Diego Credit Union Holiday Bowl um, in San Diego, Christmas Eve, once again, 7 p.m., where 17th-ranked Utah, 9-4 in the season, will take on 22nd-ranked Northwestern. And, Ben, for me, this one's a really interesting game. I'm very looking forward to watching this game. Um, both teams coming off conference championship game losses. Yeah, this is another one of the better games, I think, of bowl season. Uh, Northwestern and Utah, two very interesting teams. Um, if nothing else, lots of storylines for these two teams. Uh, for for Northwestern's defense, you'll talk about that. But I have the Utah offense. Can they actually score a point this week? Because the Pac-12 championship was in their laps. They got a really a Washington team playing poorly. Um, that was their opportunity to go to the Rose Bowl, um, and and they could not score one touchdown on offense to do it. Um, so if they can score on this one, um, they'll have a chance to win. I don't think they will. I have Northwestern winning 21-6. to They keep Utah from scoring again. And Northwestern, their defense has really shown up for them in the big games, the big moments. It's really what has come through in their big wins this season, and they've often been able to force a lot of turnovers in those games. Um, so will they, they'll probably have to force some turnovers in this one's. Um, it w should be a defensive show a showdown here in San Diego for this one. I think the Utes get it done, though. I think Utah bounces back from that abysmal game against Washington, 20-14. to 14. I think Utah gets this one done. Now we'll go to the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl in Jacksonville, also on New Year's Eve, 7.30 p.m. on ESPN. 9-3 NC State taking on 19th ranked and 8-4 and Texas A&M. And, Ben, I think once again the story is it is a lot of these bowl games is – how does Jimbo Fisher and Texas A&M finish this season? And they really wouldn't be here without that seven-overtime thriller against LSU. No, and this is a really interesting matchup with just when you think NC State versus Texas A&M. Um, two teams with average years. Um, NC State had a, had a game canceled due to weather. Um, I believe they made that game up somewhere along the way, so sitting at 9-3. and three. Texas A&M in Jimbo Fisher's first year, very up and down, almost beat Clemson early. Um, struggled through the middle part of the season, and then have that seven-overtime thriller, like you mentioned, to beat LSU. So all over the place for A&M this year. Ultimately, I think they cap it off with a win. Um, I have Texas A&M winning 28-24 and another close one. Yeah, I think Texas A&M gets this one done. I have a 14-point margin, though. I think that they are the better team here, 35-21. Jimbo Fisher, a lot of bowl coaching experience. He should be able to get them ready for this one. Now the Hyundai Sun Bowl played in the Sun Bowl, also on New Year's Eve, 2 p.m. on CBS, um, Pitt and Stanford. Um, this is a very unusual season for Pitt and went to the ACC championship, got absolutely throttled by Clemson. How do they handle this bowl spotlight against Stanford? Well, this is another one of those games that just isn't super interesting to me. Um, a down year for Stanford, or for Stanford, excuse me, um, combined with a Pitt team that playing in the desert is kind of odd. Um, yeah, there's not much excitement in this game for me. Um, the one thing I will say about Pitt is every year they get one big upset, and they still don't have that this year. This is their last opportunity, and while it's not a huge upset, for Pitt to beat a Pac-12 team, that would be a good way to end their season, good way for Pat Narduzzi to end the season for them. Um, it's going to be close, not as close. I think Pitt still licking their wounds from that Clemson game a little bit. I have Stanford winning 38-21. to I think the guy in this one for Pitt, those Quadre Olsen, if he has a good game, almost 1,200 rushing yards this season, 10 yards shy, 11 touchdowns, and they have a really good running back tandem there in Pitt. Um, so I think they'll really have to get that established and going if they want to win this game. But I think Stanford is the better team here, 27-10. to 10. 
I really I don't know what happened to Pitt in the middle of the season there, but I don't think that that is the level that Pitt is still at at this point in the season. I think Stanford gets this one done relatively easily. Now we'll go to the Outback Bowl, once again played in Raymond James Stadium, our first New Year's Day Bowl. This will be at noon on ESPN2, where we'll have 18th-ranked Mississippi State at 8-4 and four in the season versus unranked Iowa, also at 8-4 and four on the season. And Ben, I think the big boys down in the trenches is <laughs> really going to be interesting to watch in this one as Mississippi State has two of the better defensive linemen in the country. Yeah, this is an interesting game for me. Um, a really cool matchup, I think. Joe Moorhead getting to match up against Iowa once again, um, of course, coming from Penn State. Um, this will be a game where a lot of Penn State fans, I think, have their eyes on um, before before the Nittany Lions get ready to go later in the day. Um, a good game, a good game. Um, Iowa has playmakers. Michigan State, or Michigan State, Mississippi State also has some really good playmakers. It starts with Nick Fitzgerald, their quarterback. He's had an up-and-down year, but... But he's a much better runner than he is a passer, and that's what Joe Moorhead is probably going to do with him most. He has a thousand yards rushing on the air, and he's a quarterback, twelve rushing touchdowns. So, I like Mich- I like Mississippi State. I keep saying Michigan State because it it seems like a Big Ten matchup to me, just the style of play and things like that. Mississippi State does win in a pretty hostile environment down there at Raymond James with all the cowbells around. Mississippi State will travel well. They will win 24-13. Yeah, I think Mississippi State also gets it done. I think they are the better team here. Um, 28-16, I think they get this one done. Now we'll go to another New Year's Six Bowl, the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Um, New Year's Day, obviously, 1 p.m. this year. Played early in the day on ESPN. A little interesting there. It's normally an 8 p.m. time slot game. Um, we have 11th-ranked LSU, 9-3 on the season versus the in quotation marks, defending national champions and <laughs> eighth-ranked yeah. UCF, 12-0 on the season once again. Um, haven't lost now in two straight regular seasons. Um, can UCF do it again, especially without Mackenzie Milton? Well, I think this is where UCF's run finally comes to an end. Um, and it's, it's basically because of Mackenzie Milton going down, but coupled with LSU's defense. Devin White, their linebacker, is going to be a first-round pick. This guy is an absolute beast. 115 tackles this season. Uh, it's hard to to say anything bad about a player with 115 tackles on the year. Um, and without Mackenzie Milton, yes, UCF came back and won the American Championship, but I don't think they stand a chance against this LSU defense. 34-17, to 17, all LSU, all day long. And, yeah, I think with Mackenzie Milton in this game, I think UCF wins. Um, but just without him there, I don't think this UCF team is the same. And I don't want to take anything away from Daryl Mack Jr. because he stepped in right into that quarterback position for UCF, and he's gotten two victories, including a comeback victory against Memphis there in the American Championship game. So I don't want to take any away from, anything away from him, but this LSU defense is going to be a different animal than he's played against. I think it is a thrilling close game, though, LSU 27-26. UCF finally goes down, but they go down with a fight. And now we'll move to the bowl that is talked about here at Happy Valley, the Citrus Bowl, the third and final game in Camping World Stadium, <laughs> New Year's Day, 1 p.m., ABC, number 12, Penn State, 9-3, and three, versus number 14, Kentucky, 9-3. and three. And, Ben, what really intrigues you about this matchup? Well, there's a lot of things in this game um, that, that are interesting to me. Um, you start with this Kentucky defense, compare that to this Penn State offense. 
Uh, you're looking at a player in in Josh Allen for this Kentucky defense, um, a guy who really plays football with a chip on his shoulder. He was just named the Defensive Player of the Year in college football. Um, this is a guy who was a former two-star recruit. Nobody wanted him. Goes to Kentucky. Now is a – the first couple draft picks are coming out. I see 247 Sports has him ranked as the number three overall pick in the draft. So now things swirling about whether he will actually play in this game or not. Um, but if he plays, it is a huge matchup between Penn State trying to keep him out of the backfield and then trying to keep Trace McSorley healthy because everybody knows it. Trace McSorley has been hurt this year. He looked the best he has in a long time against Maryland the last time they played. He'll now have a month's rest to get better on that leg. But that's the thing for me is this Kentucky defense, who is very good against a Penn State offense who has sputtered, but deep down is a good offense. And Kentucky's offense... They're pretty good, too. I mean, they re- they really rely on Benny Snell Jr., their running back. He's almost their Saquon Barkley this season. Um, 1,300 rushing yards, 14 touchdowns. He's really everything for this Kentucky offense. Penn State is going to have to shut him down. Um, their defensive line has been getting better as the season goes on. Um, Yitor Grossmantos had a really breakout season. He's going to be key in shutting down Snell Jr. But that is something if Penn State doesn't shut him down, I really think they're in trouble in this game. Because I think Kentucky's defense is good enough to shut down this Penn State offense. I think if Benny Snell Jr. can get it going, Kentucky's offense is good enough to score on the Penn State defense, and Penn State could be a, have a problem here. Yeah, and, and Benny Snell Jr., it's really important. You, know, you have to emphasize him like you did because he is such a good player. His third year in a row, over 1,000 yards rushing. So I know the rumor mill is spinning about him as well. Maybe he does not play in this game, gets ready for the NFL draft, but I really hope both these players for Kentucky play because that really makes this game super interesting. Um, Looking at the predictions here, I'm seeing this for the first time now. Um, I have Penn State winning 27-17. to That's not really a homer thing. I just think that this Penn State team, um, if you get a few breaks, Kentucky does not throw the ball well at all, and they run the ball almost 70% of their snaps. Penn State's defense has been really good against the run, so I think Penn State can handle them. Um, I have Penn State winning 27-17, but apparently you don't feel the same way. Yeah, I think Kentucky gets this one done. And I will say here, it, it is December 7th, and if for some reason Benny Snow Jr. decides not to play and Josh Allen decides not to play, I would fully have Penn State winning this game. But right now, both of them are playing in the bowl game. And because of that, I think they're going to be able to get it done. I think this Kentucky defense is really good, and Penn State's offense has been less than impressive all season. You take Trace McSorley out of this game. You get pressure on him early. You make him move around. You hit him, and all of a sudden, this Penn State offense is all out of sync. They've struggled to run the ball. This offensive line is not very good. I think Kentucky can get this done. I think they will get it done 20-17. to 17. Now we'll move on to the Rose Bowl. Um, January 1st, 5 p.m., just like it always is, on ESPN, and Number nine, Washington, 10-3 on the season. Number six, Ohio State, 12-1. And, um, and really the storyline here would be Washington's defense versus that Ohio State offense. Yeah, um, some big news out of Ohio State this past week with Urban Meyer announcing he's stepping down. He's going to coach in the Rose Bowl, so nothing new there. This Washington team for me almost is a uh, where did they come from because for a lot of the year they, were, they weren't really in this picture then at the end right when it matters. They get that 10th win and head to the Rose Bowl. So um, a really good a really good run for Washington in bowl games. The Fiesta Bowl last year, the Rose Bowl again this year, the first time since 2000 they've been to the Rose Bowl, I believe. Um, 
But for me, it's Dwayne Haskins. He's the story. He scored 11 touchdowns in their last two games. Um, while Washington's defense is good, and everybody always praises his Washington defense, I want to take you back to a year ago when this Washington defense was supposed to shut down Trace McSorley and Saquon Barkley. Well, look what happened there. There's now a f- a new, another Fiesta Bowl trophy here at Penn State. Um, so I, I think that same sort of thing is going to happen. Um, you combine Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins with the running backs that Ohio State has, and I think Ohio State is going to be just fine in this game. It's very close. The defense does play a role, however. Um, 28-24, Ohio State wins. And you talked about Dwayne Haskins. Washington's running back, Miles Gaskins, is also very talented. Another 1,000-yard season for him. So if Haskins can't get it going, I think Gaskins will get it going. Um, but at the end of the day, I think Ohio State is just too good in this game. And I think it, defense will play a big part in it, but I think it will be a decently high-scoring game. I think Ohio State, it's Urban Meyer's last game. They're going to go out the right way with a 33-28 victory. And also, I'm sure that they're going to have a little chip on their shoulders. I'm sure they think they should be in the college football playoff. Now we'll move on as we have one bowl game left before we get into the college football playoff. The All-State Sugar Bowl, once again in the Superdome in New Orleans, January 1st, 8.45 p.m. on ESPN. 15th-ranked Texas, 9-4 on the year versus number 5 Georgia, 11-2. Georgia, the first team out of the college football playoff and Ben I'm really looking forward to this game I'm not as much I I don't think this is one of the great games in bowl season this year um this is one of those just automatic tie-in games with the big 12 and with Oklahoma going to the playoff Texas was that next team in line and and I I just think Georgia is way better than Texas is and and I know that Texas you know they show up and play their big games that's been pretty obvious this year beating Oklahoma once, losing to them very close the second time. Um, I just think Georgia's a lot better. And I think it starts with DeAndre Swift and Elijah Holyfield. They're, they're tandem of running backs. They've combined for almost 2,000 rushing yards, 1,993. They need seven more combined. I'm sure they'll get that. Um, and 17 rushing touchdowns. So I think Georgia, they can hurt you a lot of ways, um, whether it's through the air, whether it's those two guys running the ball. I think this is... All Georgia. I think Georgia wins 45-21. to 21. Yeah, I'm excited for this game, really just to see how Sam Ellinger plays at quarterback Fort Texas. Um, it's an up-and-down season, and when he plays really well, Texas plays really well. I think if he goes out there and has some magic, Texas could possibly have a chance in this game. But you said it all, Ben. DeAndre Swift, Elijah Holyfield, they are an incredible tandem in the backfield there for Georgia. And we talked about this on our show last night. Um, but we both believe that Georgia is one of the best four teams in the country. But the way the college football playoff committee works out, we think they made the right decision putting them at five, but we both think they're a very, very good team. Um, Georgia does end up getting this one done. I think they pull away late to 48-30. I think it's closer throughout the game, but the final score reflects a big Georgia victory. And Ben, we made it. We made it to the college football playoff games. Obviously, they're going to take place before this Sugar Bowl and these January 1st games. But we'll start with the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. Not played in the Cotton Bowl, which is sad. Played at Jerry's World, AT&T Stadium, December 29th, 4 p.m. on ESPN. Number two, Clemson, 13-0 on the season. Number three, Notre Dame, 12-0 on the season. We have the Battle of the Unbeatens. And, Ben, can Notre Dame keep up with the Tigers? I don't think they can. Um, This Clemson team is firing on all cylinders right now. Notre Dame has certainly had a fantastic year. Can't take anything from them. 
Uh, their schedule, not as strong as you would think, but that's not their fault. Um, you have teams like USC, who was on a down year. Um, you know, like they ran into a couple things like that. Syracuse, on an up year, quarterback gets hurt. Um, there's just so many of those stories with this team. Stanford, on a down year. Um, the list goes on and on. So, Ian Book is going to be the difference maker in this game for Notre Dame. He's a 70% passer on the year. Notre Dame has been way better with him in than when he's not. Um, 19 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, so he takes care of the ball. Um, if Notre Dame stands a chance in this game, it is on Ian Book to make great throws and protect the football. Yeah, I'm curious to see, well, mainly just these two teams. Neither one's really been tested that much throughout the season. They've both had weaker schedules, which you mentioned, which isn't their fault. They've caught teams on down years. Um, and I'm curious to see what they do in this big game atmosphere in the biggest stage that there is, and especially Trevor Lawrence, Clemson's quarterback. He has to respond well to the big game, to the big moment. And at the end of the day, I think he does. I don't think Notre Dame just has quite enough. Um, I think if we saw Notre Dame play Michigan not week one, I think Michigan would have won against this team. So I think Clemson does get it done 23-21, and Clemson will go to the national championship game. Ben, who are they going to play? As later in the day will be the Capital One Orange Bowl, Hard Rock Stadium in Miami. Of course, you have Alabama, SEC champions, 13-0 on the season. against number four Oklahoma, the Big 12 champions, 12-1 on the season. And Alabama's favored by two touchdowns in this game. Um, can anyone beat Bama? Well, that's a lot of points. Um, two touchdowns is a lot. Uh, we, we saw against Georgia that this Alabama team isn't unbeatable. Like, they can be beaten. Um, I don't know if Oklahoma has the defense to do it. They, this offense can keep up with anybody. This is one of the best offenses in football, um, college, NFL, anything. This Oklahoma offense is incredible. They can score a lot of points. They can score on Bama. I just don't know if their defense can keep them in the game. I don't think they can. I have Alabama winning 31-17, to 17, advancing to another national championship game to face off against the Clemson Tigers. Yeah, I think Alabama gets it done, too. I have it really close, 42-41. I think this game is the game of bowl season. I think this is going to be the best game we see. Um, just when you put these two offenses up against each other, it has to be a great game. Um, and watch out for Alabama's receiver, Damian Harris. He is crazy fast. Um not the greatest season as far as stats, but he is crazy fast. Look for him on some big plays. But I think at the end of the day, that Oklahoma defense was just a little bit better. Could get one or two stops. They would win this game and beat Alabama. But at the end of the day, Alabama's defense will get those stops. I think Alabama wins at 42-41. And we both have Alabama-Clemson national championship game, throwing it back to a couple years ago. And, Ben, obviously we don't know what the national championship game matchup is going to be. Both think it's this one. How do you think this one turns out? Well, this is really splitting hairs, I think. Um, the one thing about this game that I think is important, and it might not be, um, if we have Alabama versus Clemson, one of these teams is going to finish 15-0. and That's something that, that nobody can say right now. They've never had a, a somebody win the national championship in this playoff format and go 15-0. and so that is that that would be fire for me. That would be fuel. You have an opportunity to go down in college football history as a team that goes fifteen and zero. So who wants it more? And and I think you have this Alabama team. Everybody knows their story versus the young Clemson team. Who, even though they're full of seniors, you look at Trevor Lawrence. He is a true freshman. 
leading this team in here to what I think is going to be. Well, he's going to lead them to the national championship game in my eyes, and I think that he wins it. I think Clemson knocks off the Alabama Crimson Tide 27-24. to You said that Alabama-Oklahoma and the Orange Bowl would be the best game of bowl season. I think, once again, it's the national championship game. Clemson beats Alabama by a field goal. And before I get into this one, I will say that the winner of the Alabama-Oklahoma game, I think that team wins the national championship. Whoever they play in, from that other matchup, I think the either Alabama or Oklahoma wins the national championship. And that said, I think Alabama will beat Oklahoma, so I think Alabama, once again, will win the national championship. And I just don't think this Clemson team's quite ready yet. Um, I think Alabama's just too strong throughout all parts of the game. Um, we saw Georgia really had them on the run. They found a way. They came back. Um, Tua, a Heisman candidate, front runner for the Heisman, went out. Jalen Hurts came in, and this Alabama team didn't miss a single beat. This Alabama team is. The defense is good. The offense is good. Thanks all around. They are better than Clemson. They will beat Clemson in one of their first real big tests of the season. I think Alabama will get it done go 15-0, 30-13. Well, it took until the very last and most important game, but we, de- we disagree on the national championship, so that is something. This has been a long episode. We're, we're an hour and 17 minutes into the recording. Um, if you're still listening at this point, thank you very much. I um, appreciate you sticking through this. This is a tough one, but we thought it was a fun way to kind of bridge the gap of the uh, month off here from no recording, no shows. So, you know, piece by piece, however you listen to it, thank you very much for listening. Um, excited about bowl season. Yeah, I think just for us it was a fun thing to do. We love bowl games, so we figured, you know, we come out here, we don't really have much else to do um, before finals. We probably should be studying for finals that are happening next week. Um, so we'll fill this gap. And said we have a month off from our show. Here we come out here, do this, have a little fun. So if you're still listening to this point, thank you very much for listening to this special bowl season episode of the Ben and Ben Show. We will be back in January live on Com Radio. And always remember, Two Bens are better than one.